Hey, this is Joe Caminetti Jr. Welcome to the BC Podcast. We hope it inspires you and helps you in your journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. This lesson is going to change our lives. It will change our lives. And many of you, it has changed your lives because you're already walking in it. So I just want to help take us to the next level. And I want to open up with a story, guys. I, I, my father was an incredible mentor in my life, and he really mentored me. Uh, but he wasn't a business person. And I had another relative, my Uncle Joe, who mentored me on the business side. And he was married to my dad's sister, Aunt Rose. And I'm not gonna tell you his whole story, but he came here from Italy when he was 18, an immigrant, came to New York City. And he got a job just uh, doing labor for a catering company. And then he eventually, they taught him to cook, this catering company. And he did that for several years. And then he moved to California and started his own catering company. And then he opened up a deli uh, with, with, with a restaurant connected later on, of course. And it was right across from Burbank Studios. So uh, Johnny Carson would come in and then he would do parties there. And he'd see Jay Leno, Johnny Carson, Bob Hope, and got to know all these guys. But then he started an import business and began to import olive oil and other products from, from Italy. It's kind of like, da, 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 like the Godfather, but he wasn't in the mafia. And, then, and, and so he, he wholesaled it to distributors who sold it to stores, and he also had the distributorship for LA County, so very successful. When I started Believers, I um, you know, didn't know who to put on the board. It takes a couple years to figure out who people are and watch, you know, and uh, so all the business things, I'd go to him and call him and say, hey, what do you think about this, what do you think about that? And, and on top of all that, he was one of the most colorful, fun people you'd ever meet, just funny sense of humor, talked really broken English with a funny voice and deeper voice, you know. And uh, so right around his late 70s, he developed Parkinson's disease with dementia. And they were out in California. My aunt decided to move here, and I was so excited. It's like, Uncle Joe's gonna be around, I can see him. And he makes me laugh so much. And uh, so they moved, and when we first began to go see him, uh, there were days when he knew who we were and he knew who he was and there were days when he didn't know who he was and he didn't know who we were. And then about six, eight months after he was here, it became so bad. And I'd be sitting there, he didn't know who he was and then he'd just look at me and say, who are you? And I'd have to tell him who I was. And many of you have loved ones that have dealt with dementia, parents, and you know how sad that is. But the reason I bring this story up in preparing for this lesson, I'm titling it New Identity. I've noticed that you and I as Christians, when we first accept Jesus, that we're born again with what I would call spiritual dementia. We have spiritual dementia when we're born again. And here's what I mean. Uh, when we accept Christ, he changes us. He does all these incredible things but our minds don't have a clue. And in our minds, we have spiritual dementia. And like my Uncle Joe, uh, just this incredible guy, self-made millionaire, he didn't even know who he was at that point. And so many Christians are walking around and they don't have a clue of who they are and what God's made them. And this lesson is really gonna take all of us to the next level. And even myself, I know these things, but I have to keep reminding myself because our mind has a way of just knocking those things out and trying to bring us back to uh, the wrong understanding. So in your Bible, there's 180 scriptures uh, that talk about what we call in Christ realities. Uh, and that just simply means when you accepted Jesus, this is what he made you. This is where he put you. 
And you can Google in Christ realities, these incredible people, tons of them on the internet made lists and all the scriptures are there. So you can find them. You don't have to buy a book or anything. And uh, out of the 140, there's 35 that I would call essential. They are so essential uh, of what happened when you accepted Christ. So when you accepted him, your spirit man was completely changed and you entered into positions with God but your mind doesn't know it. You don't, you don't live it. You're not free. And so I picked three of the 35. And they have to do with our relationship and our identity before God. And that will change us, guys, and grow us. And as I said, I know these things, but as life beats me up, I begin to forget them. So it's, it's good. We, got, we just have to keep reminding ourselves of it. So you know how I go. I, I do big ideas and Here's my big idea for this one, you ready? Uh, when you know who you are, you won't be who you were. And I, I like that. When you know who you are, you won't be who you were. And who you were is who we were before we met Jesus. All of our hangups, all of the shame, the guilt, people pleasing, you name it, uh, sin struggles. When you know who you are, you won't be who you were. And, these three things, just understanding our identity before God, change everything. And they set us into a place of freedom like we've never experienced before. And many of you have experienced it, but again, we can forget it. And again, I wanna take us to the next level. So when the Bible says renew your mind, these would be the foundational scriptures we wanna renew our minds with. They're very, very important. But here's something else I learned. Sometimes, not only does the world beat us up and we're people pleasing and all that type of thing, and dealing with shame and guilt. But sometimes good things label us and put us in a box. And, and I, it happened in my life and I, I see it happening again in some people's lives and they're really good things. One of them is called the Enneagram personality test. Have you guys ever heard, any, how, how many have heard of Enneagram? Give it in the chat room. It's really popular, an amazing tool. So for those of you that know what it is, there's one to nine, and that, whichever number you are, it says what your personality is. I'm a three with a four wing. So those of you that have taken attention, like, we already knew that. We can tell you're a three with a four wing. And, and for others, you're like, what? You can take it for free, just Enneagram. There's tests, take it. You'll answer all these questions. They'll email you, this is what you are. But here's what's cool about it. They tell you your strengths and your weaknesses. And it's good for us to have our weaknesses in front of us because it's, I don't know about you, but uh, I'm not self-aware uh, normally. I, 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 need, I need help to be self-aware. And it's good for us to say, oh, these are some, they're not, you're not necessarily gonna have these weaknesses, but they're potential weaknesses. And if you use it like that, it's an incredible tool. But what's, what we can do is we can begin to use it in the wrong way, and we can begin to label people and back in the 80s and the 90s, there was another test. It was called the DISC profile. You see that coming up on the screen. Many of you, if you were here, you, you took that test. If you went through membership, we gave you the DISC profile test. And those three letters stand for your personality. You could have three of them, two of them, one of them. And they ask you a ton of questions. And then you graph it and there's a midline and whatever comes above the midline, that's what you are. So just real quick. A D would be somebody that's a take it by, you know, take the bull by the horns, direct person. And I, and I'm simplified. And I is like the life of the party. Woo, 
can let me find a better party. You're not as fun. And boom, and, and, and in a room, they're gonna light the room up, you know? And S is relational, super relational. They're gonna have friends that they stay friends with for life. And 70% of the world is an S of one sort or another. And then the C's are the detail people. And that is all good. I remember when I took the test, the uh, guy that gave it to me was very good at it. And uh, he gives me the test and then he looks at me, he goes, you're an SIC. And I thought, I didn't need you to tell me I was sick. You know, and uh, (laughs) you're an SIC. And I'm like, well, what does that mean? I don't know anything about any of these tests. He said, well, here's your number one weakness. He said, you don't know how to make decisions. You can't make decisions. And he's telling me how bad I am in it. And it's one of my top, it's the top bad thing. And I accepted that as if it was gospel. And what's crazy is I, I, I had decided to start a church. I did that all on my own. I decided to sign a lease uh, for a building. Uh, I, I, I signed a lease, three-year lease for a Warren City School building that was empty. That's how we started the church. I committed to 4,000 a month in rent and 4,000 a month average in utilities. And I did all that. And he's telling me I can't make a decision, but somehow I accepted it as gospel. What he should have said is, you have the potential. This could be a weakness. You might have already overcome it, but he didn't say that. But I share all that. But here's what we did as a church. We began to just label people. And you know, someone would be in the lobby and they'd say to me, see that person over there? And I go, I haven't met him yet. They're a D, <laughs> and, and they're an ID. That's the worst thing you can be, you know, or they're an S. And it's just, if you were visiting believers and you were in the lobby, you're like, what? And you just, we, we'd throw them around like crazy. And, it, and it's okay if it's positive, but it began to take a negative tone. And I see that happening with the Enneagram. And so some people are labeled by their weaknesses in these personality tests. And I want to tell you, they're great. Take the test. Look at the weaknesses. If you have them, say, I gotta work on them. But you may not have all of them. Look at the strengths. You may not have developed all those strengths yet, but don't allow it to keep you in a box because God has given you an identity that changes everything. So I wanna talk about the three identities we have before God. Guys, here's number one. You ready? Uh, You are completely accepted by God. Completely. And, And you may think, whoa, what does that mean? Well, you'll never be a people pleaser. You'll never deal with insecurities if you can understand you're completely accepted by God. You'll never deal with shame again. And, and I remember years ago, I don't counsel any longer, but I had a, a, a young guy come in. I think he was in high school and he was hurting, hurting bad. He wanted to talk to me. And he comes in my office and he just breaks down and he tells me, I, you know, I knew he was adopted, but he says, he says I just can't, I can't get rid of rejection. And I said, why? He goes, well, my, my birth mom not only gave me up for adoption, she, she, she didn't even let me know who she is and I don't know who she is and, and I, I don't understand why she gave me up. And I, I looked at him, I said, well, I don't know. We didn't know who she was. I said, what if she was a 15-year-old girl that got pregnant? What if her parents wanted her to abort you? And she said, no. And what if they said, we're not gonna help you raise her, so she had to give you up? Or what if she had an addiction? And maybe she did you a favor, and, and she thought, I'm so messed up, I'm gonna just give this child up. And it began to free him. And then I said, I want you to focus on something else. Your birth parents adopted you when you were 10. And they looked at a room full of kids, and they chose you. They, they took you. And if you can see that, it's gonna set you free. And guys... God chose 
you. And when you and I can see that, it changes everything. We are completely, completely accepted because he chose you, you're accepted. Listen to this, guys. First Peter 2.9. However, you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, people who belong to God. Now, I'm gonna be in here most of the day, but we're gonna emphasize different parts of it. And all I wanna emphasize first is the fact that you are chosen, which means you're completely accepted. God chose you. And this changes our very behavior. I'll tell you a story here. My kids, when they were in high school, they, said, they came up to me, said, Dad, we want some tattoos. Not all of them, a couple of kids, they wanted tattoos. And back then it was not as popular as it is today. And, and, and so I looked at them, I said, guys, I have no problem with a tattoo, but I'd like you to wait till you're 18. And I'd even recommend a little older because whatever you get now, you, you may hate it when you're older because your brain's gonna change, your thinking's gonna change. So I said, I'd like you to wait. But I said, before you get one, here's one more thing I want you to do. I want you to ask yourself, why am I getting it? If you're getting it just because you like them, get two, get a sleeve. I could care less. But if you're getting them so you th- people will think you're cool, then that's the wrong reason to get anything. That's the wrong reason to dress a certain way, wrong reason to wear your hair a certain way. If you're trying to do things or act in certain ways for acceptance, you, you don't wanna do that. You wanna come to the place where you realize I'm accepted by God. And then if you're artsy or whatever and you like them, fine. I, I've just never figured out what to put on them, on myself. So I, I never got one. I, I don't know what to put. It's like, well, now I'm so old. It's like, why well, do it? You know, it's gonna wrinkle anyway. So, so <laughs> you know what I'm saying, right? You know what I'm saying? Tell you another story. This is a very, very true story. Very true story. I was in a restaurant years ago and I go to pay and this lady at the register says, somebody paid for you, your meal. And I said, who? She says, I don't know him. She just paid I said, okay, man, I wish I could thank him. And then a month or so later, I'm in there and I go to pay again. And she says, that same guy paid for it. I go, where's he at? He left, do you know who he is? No, I don't know who he is. So I said, next time he's in, next time I'm here and he comes to pay for me, you tell him, wait a minute, and you call me up. I said, I have to meet this guy. So a couple months later, it happens again, she calls me up and I come up to this guy and I go, first of all, I said, I wanna thank you. Thank you. I said, I don't know you. He goes, well, everybody knows who you are. You're Pastor Joe. And I said, yeah, but I don't know who you are. And, I, and, and then I took him aside and I just began to talk with him. I said, why are you doing this? His answer blew my mind. He said, I want people to like me. He goes, I do it for other people too. He said, if I want someone to like me, I, I, I buy them their food. And I looked at him and I, I just was like in shock. I said, I'm gonna like you whether you ever buy me a meal, ever, and you're never allowed to buy me one again, ever. And I said, but you cannot try to gain people's approval by buying things for them or doing, if you wanna do something for someone out of love, do it. But if you're doing it for approval, and when you and I understand that we are completely accepted, we will not be caught in those types of tracks. It changes us forever. We won't be people pleasing, doing anything. Uh, one more scripture here, guys. Listen to this, Ephesians 1.4. Long ago, even before he made the world, listen to this. God chose us to be his very own. So through what Christ would do for us, he decided then to make us holy in his eyes without a single fault 
we who stand before him covered in his love. He wanted us before we wanted him. Now, most of you know this, but God created time, so he stands above time. It's pretty crazy. My mind can't completely figure it out, but he stands above time, so God knows everything that's gonna happen in the future. He knows who's gonna win the 2024 election. He knows who's gonna win the 2028 election. He knows everything in the future. And way back before he created anything, he saw you already born, and he picked you up out of a crowd, and he said, I want you. I choose you. And he brought you to Christ, guys. And I don't know about you, but that blows my gaskets that God chose me. He chose me, I didn't choose him. When I didn't want him for the first 19 years of my life and lived like a rebel, he had already chosen me. Before I took my first breath, before you took your first breath, he had already chosen you. When I did all these nutty things, he, he had already chosen us. So guys, we, when we come to understand, just because we accepted Jesus, nothing else, we are completely accepted by God. It begins to change everything. Here's the second uh, identity that we wanna be familiar with. Uh, you are extremely valuable. Not just valuable, extremely valuable. And value is determined by two things, all right? First, it's determined by what people are willing to pay for something, right? So uh, you and I, I know uh, many of us have sold homes and we, we think we have an idea what our home's worth but can you all agree it's only worth what somebody's willing to pay for it, right? And this just happened. My father-in-law sold his house in Oak Brook, Illinois. That's a wealthy suburb of Chicago. And uh, just so you can understand what what it's like, uh, McDonald's International Headquarters is there, tons of medical facilities, and there's not one empty lot anywhere in Oak Brook. No empty lots. And so he put his house on the market, and, and a guy paid exactly what he asked. Just bought it. And uh, that guy that bought his house tore it down and built a new house where that house was. No empty lots, and he said, I want that lot so bad, I'm willing to pay the full price for a home, tear it down, and build another home. Guys, can you agree no one's ever gonna do that in Trumbull County? There's lots of empty lots, right? Or Mahoning County, or the Valley. That's like insane to me, insane. That thing is something he wanted. So he, was, he, he wanted it so bad, he was willing to pay. And that determined the value of that house and that lot. Listen to this, 1 Peter 1.19. But he paid for you with the precious lifeblood of Christ, the sinless, spotless lamb of God. Now, I want you to think about it. God said, I'd rather die than live without you. That's crazy. God, God the Son, God said, I want you so bad, I'm gonna give my life for you. There's, there, there's nothing more powerful than that. That's amazing. Now, do you know the second reason, the second thing that makes something really valuable? Uh, it's who it belongs to. So I... Uh, affectionately call LeBron James. I, I affectionately call him Lagon because he deserted the Cavs, right? So he went to LA, so I call him Lagon. My kids just look at me and roll their eyes, right? I go, how's Lagon doing? How's, how's his career? You know, and, uh, and I think he's the GOAT. I think he's the best that ever played the game. Um, but just let's use him for an example. If him and I bought 
the same exact pair of black dress shoes. Let's say we both paid 110 bucks. We wore them for one year. It, it's, not, it doesn't, it's not like a Nike shoe. It doesn't have his name on it. It's just a 110 bucks uh, dress shoe. We both wore it for a year, and then we put it on eBay. How much do you think they'd pay for me, for my shoes? Maybe somebody that's in great need would give, you know, I'll pay 20 bucks for those. I mean, he wore, the guy wore them for a year. LeBron's, they would pay thousands to put that in their house and say, LeBron owned, he didn't just own, he wore it for a year. And it, what, what something belongs to determines its value. So that got me to thinking. I'm, I'm thinking, yeah, that, that determines our value in God. But I thought, what's, who has the most valuable things? Like, whose things go for the most? And I, I Googled it. You know who it is? They've been dead for decades. It's Elvis Presley. His stuff goes for more than anybody's stuff. And I, just for fun and to get the message across, I, I thought I'd show you two. Take, take a look at this. This is his birth record book. N not his birth certificate. When he was born, a doctor wrote, you know, he, brown hair, whatever, you know, this tall, this waist, this much. My mom has one of these. She had one of these for each of us brothers. So I have mine. And I guarantee you, if I put it on eBay, I don't even know if Gina and my kids would want it. I don't think anybody would pay for it. It's just the handwriting of a doctor, right? Guys, somebody paid $87,500 for this. Why? Because of who it belonged to, see? One more thing. I thought this was interesting. Isn't that a beautiful ring? Elvis bought this in 1975 just for a concert. And today, this ring's valued at $16,000. Back then, he paid way less. Somebody paid 108,000 bucks for that. Just because Elvis owned it. It belonged to Elvis. It was Elvis's. Now, guys, value is determined by what people are willing to pay. God said, I'd rather die than live without you. Guess what, though? God also purchased us and we belong to him. Look, take a look at this scripture, 1 Peter 2.9. Uh, it says, however, you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. This is what we want to emphasize now. People who belong to God. Once you were not God's people, but now you are. You are very valuable not because of what you did yesterday or not because of how you lived your life, not because of what you accomplished, not, not because of how much you prayed, not because of how much you read your Bible, not because of whether or not your fast is still going on, right? Uh, you are valuable because of what God paid for you and the fact that you belong to God. So you're completely accepted. You're extremely valuable. And I can tell you when I remind myself of these things, there's no room for shame, oppression. There's no room for anything. And here's the third one that really changes our life too. Take a look at this one. You are completely forgiven. And most of us know, yeah, he shed his blood and our sins are forgiven, right, right, right. But I don't think we see it the way God intended us to. I'm gonna read this one more time, but I'm gonna emphasize one other part. Listen to this, 1 Peter 2.9. Moreover, you are chosen people, a royal priesthood, holy nation, people who belong to God. Verse 10, once you were not God's people, but now you are. Once you were not shown mercy, but now you have been shown mercy. And that mercy includes total, complete forgiveness. And it's important for you and I to realize that God forgave our past, 
present and future sins. And some people misinterpret that. So, you know, some people will say, well, uh, that means we don't have to confess our sins. And I, I would say, well, ee, bad interpretation. So, uh, li- listen, listen. I believe 1 John 1, 9 is true, that if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just forgive us and cleanse us from all righteousness. But we're not, we're not saying, Lord, uh, forgive me because we're not forgiven. It's really to get our minds cleansed, right? So when I do something I shouldn't, let's say, uh, you know, I say something I shouldn't say, or I eat cookies and when I shouldn't, whatever it is. And I say, God, I realize I'm forgiven. I got it, I got it. But, but right now I confess this because I am, I'm repenting of it and I'm telling you I'm taking a 180. I'm going a different direction. And it just, it sets me back on course and then it cleanses my conscience. I, it's just the most amazing thing and that's, that's what I do. But I know he already died for it. As a matter of fact, can I tell you something? Listen to this, you guys ready? God already knows the worst sin you'll ever commit and he's forgiven you for the worst sin you'll ever commit that you haven't committed yet. So the next time you sin, let's say you, you sin really big, Jesus and God are up on the throne. You know, God, Jesus sits next to the right hand of the Father. The next time you sin, let's say it's something big, Jesus doesn't look at the Father and say, OMG, I can't believe he did that. <laughs> That's not happening. He's never shocked. He already knows the biggest sin you're ever gonna commit So when you and I, let's say it's the biggest one we ever commit, you know what Jesus is gonna do up there? I paid for that one too. I paid for that one too. I paid for that one too. And and it's like, you are completely forgiven. Completely accepted. Extremely valuable. Completely forgiven. And I think I need to read just a forgiveness scripture. You guys ready? Let's read this. Uh, Isaiah 43, 25. And yet I am the Lord who forgives your sins, and I do this because of who I am. I will not hold your sins against you. Completely forgiven. One more, last scripture. You ready? Here we go. Ephesians 1, 7. For by the blood of Christ we are set free, that is, our sins are forgiven. I really want the next phrase. How great is the grace of God, completely accepted, extremely valuable, completely forgiven. How grace, how great is God's grace? Just think about that. And when we meditate on this and and we begin to learn who we are, it changes our very behavior. It changes everything about us. So uh, just for a moment, TCI guys, online chat room, Boardman Ward, can we give it up and say, thank you for your grace, Lord God, just celebrate his grace. Oh, I am so excited about the grace of God because I guarantee you I'm gonna mess up. It, it's not, I'm not into the, I'm, I'm a, I've overcome big sins, but I will mess up somehow and I will sin and I will do something and so will you, but it's so nice to know we're forgiven. You know what, we need to pray. Let's bow our heads, close our eyes. Borman, Warren, TCI, online, let's pray. Father, we thank you for this incredible truth, our identity. And Lord, we're just gonna meditate on these things. We're gonna grab the notes off the Believer's Church app or believers.cc and we're gonna just meditate on everything that was said. And Lord, we thank you for what you've done for us. And Lord, as believers, as we pray, we ask you open up our eyes to this. Help us see it more clearly than ever. 
Lord, so we feel no shame. We do nothing to please people. We do nothing to be accepted. And Lord, we're able to come into the heavenlies and pray and worship you with zero guilt and have a relationship with you. Lord, open up our eyes. I thank you for speaking to hearts. And, and as we go through our week, Lord, make this real and show us where we need to apply it in our lives. And let's stay in attitude of prayer. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Online, stick with us, stick with us online. Maybe you're listening and you're not sure if you're forever. Maybe you're listening and you, you know, you're not sure if you were to die, go to heaven or hell. Maybe you don't even believe in heaven and hell. Maybe you're not even sure if God exists. We have people who come here that aren't sure God exists and then they accept Christ because only God can open your eyes up to it. And I believe there's some folks listening right now that he's, he's literally shown you Jesus is the savior of the world. That's why he died. He died for all of our sins. God raised him from the dead. He said, whoever calls on his name will be saved. And if you're listening, you, know, you say, you know what? That's me. And I am ready to pray. I'm ready to accept Christ. Would you pray with me right now online? Boardman, TCI Warren, everybody else, uh, all of us around them, can, can we pray it with them to help them out? And just mean this from your heart. Say, Lord God, I realize I was born sin-stained and need a savior. That's why I'm looking to Christ. Jesus, I repent of all my sins and I look to you I believe you died for every sin I ever committed. God raised you from the grave. You're the only way to heaven. I receive you as savior. And this day, make a decision to follow you. Amen. Now guys, listen, listen. If you prayed that prayer, and let's stay in the attitude of prayer. Everything changed. You may not have felt a thing, but your sins were washed away. God gave you the gift of eternal life. It's amazing. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. There are a couple things I'd love for you to do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. That helps us spread the word and impact more people. You can also help us see others connected to God by investing today at believers.cc give. And if you want updates on all things Believers Church, check out believers.cc or follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram or search Believers The Connecting Place on Facebook. The best way to connect with BC is live and in person at one of our weekend worship experiences. We have locations in Boardman and Warren and you can get the service times and plan your visit at believers.cc. Thanks for tuning in to the BC Podcast. Thank you.